0: and you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash Film.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to SlashFilm Daily for January 23rd, 2018. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the 2018 Academy Award nominations and uh, the biggest surprises, snubs, uh, our thoughts on all of the nominees. This is Peter Saretta, and joining me on today's podcast is slash film Managing Editor Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. And slash film Writers... Y-Tran Hey, everyone. And, of course, Chris Evangelista. Hello. So the 2018 Oscar nominations were announced this morning. I was asleep and in pain at the same time. But you guys were on the site, manning the site, and uh, covering the, the nominations. So um, before we get into the nominations, uh, Jacob, tell us what are the biggest winners of
2: this year? In terms of uh, sheer number of nominations... The clear uh, front of the pack is led by The Shape of Water, who had 13 nominations, which is huge. Um, double digits are always a big deal with the Oscars, but 13 is getting really, really close to, like, Titanic numbers, <laughs> if you want to um, get specific. And we'll talk about this more later on, but a lot has to do with the fact that it's the rare movie that has uh, elements that are eligible for all the acting, creative trophies, and also all the technical stuff, like uh, cinematography, editing sound mixing, all that stuff, so it played to pretty much every single corner of the awards, and it's all over the place, but um, it was followed by Dunkirk with eight nominations, uh, including Best Picture and Best Director, first uh, director, uh, director nomination for Christopher Nolan, and then uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri uh, was the, uh, the third uh, third place here with seven nominations, then you get down to Phantom Thread with six nominations, Darkest Hour with six, uh, Lady Bird with Five Blade Runner 2049 with five, Get Out with four, and Call Me By Your Name with four. And then there's a few others scattered about, but those are the ones that seem to have the most real estate on the nominations today. Yeah.
1: Let, let, let's start at the top of them. and Let's talk about Best Picture. Hta, uh, can you tell us what was nominated for Best Picture?
3: So there were nine slots in the Best Picture category this year. Uh, the first is Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Ladybird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri.
1: So guys, and, uh, what, what do you think the biggest surprise is of this category?
4: Uh, I, I personally think it's surprising that uh, Darkest Hour got nominated. I mean, Darkest Hour is good. I don't think it's a bad movie, but... It's the one movie that doesn't fit in here, I think. It's the one that just stands out to me the most
3: it kind of fits, though, with the expectations of what you see with Oscar nominations in general, which is unfortunately of the Oscar bait sort of stodgy historical dramas. so in in a sense, it's the one that I feel like was the least deserving of a spot in Best Picture, But it's the one that was almost the most expected for the Oscars for the Academy to um award a Best Picture nomination.
2: I think we can all agree, though, that spot should have gone to the Florida Project, which was almost yes. entirely snubbed.
1: Yeah, that that we'll talk about that later. Um, Three Billboards outside Evan, Missouri, is, is a film that I've heard a lot of people love. I've heard a lot of people hate. It's a very divisive film and uh, at least the film Twitter butter bubble, which I live in. Um, do you guys think it, it deserves to be here amongst these other films?
2: Oh, um I've made my feelings on this movie quite clear. I love it, uh, and I think it belongs here. And we'll get to where it was snubbed momentarily, because there was a big snub for it. But it, it still is the front runner. I got an email today about the uh, current odds for the Oscar winners. and It still has the edge over shape of water, despite only having half the nominations. So there's a lot of momentum behind it, and I like it a lot. But uh, with the exception of Darkest Hour, um, its I think this is pretty much top to bottom a pretty strong Best Picture lineup. HT, any thoughts on the best picture lineup?
3: Yeah, I'm probably the biggest detractor tra- of three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. But even I don't full on hate it. I think that it has it's a strange movie to hinge all these sort of societal discussions and debates on because it is just so clearly cartoonish and a little bit. Over the top and ridiculous, uh, in ways that works for the movie, but I don't think works as the sort of centerpiece of these really serious discussions that are taking place over it. So I I expected it to get a nomination. I actually, for me, if I were to control, I guess the best the um, Oscar nominations, I think that. Uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is strongest as a screenplay and in its acting categories. But as a best picture, it's a little bit shaky for me.
1: Hmm. I mean, a lot of these films on this list are. What I would think would be here, like a Dunkirk, a Phantom Thread, The Post, you know, those are films that like, you know, old white Academy voters, <laughs> um, uh, men, uh, Academy voters that I would uh, assume that they would nominate. Um, I'm glad to see get out and Lady Bird on this list. Um, not that they weren't, uh, you know, pegged to be here, but, um, it's good to see them and Shape of Water, which I, uh, w- was the Shape of Water, um... That high in the running for this list
2: and a lot of the early predictions had it being the front runner uh, in terms of number of nominations but uh, i was pouring over all the early predictions and i saw very few people uh have it go this high it gets some nominations i don't think people were suspecting we'll get to those eventually uh in this conversation but like like i said earlier 13 is an enormous number of nominations and i don't think anybody saw that many coming
1: yeah so let's move on to uh best actor in a leading role H.T., can you read the nominations?
3: So Best Actor New Leading Role is Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel,
1: Esquire. Okay, so wh- what is the big surprise out of this list?
3: Definitely Denzel. <sighs>
4: It has has to be. (laughs) Um, I am Denzel Washington, you know, let me get this out out first and foremost. Denzel Washington is a great actor. We're the best actors working today. But Roman J. Israel is a bad movie. It's and not only is it a bad movie, it's actually one of the rare cases where Denzel Washington actually isn't good in the movie. Like usually, even if he's in a bad movie, he's still good in the film. But in
1: this it's it's not good, so I'm very
4: surprised he got this nomination.
1: Yeah, that nomination almost seems like a Golden Globe uh, caliber nomination. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, Golden Globe is is, is usually typically awarding, like, those kind of uh, weird, uh, you know, it's a good... A splashy role. Yeah, it's a good, a good actor um, who typically does good performances in a bad movie. We see that a lot at the Golden Globes, but not at the Oscars. Um and- this performance of his in this, it's
4: a very showy performance because the character has a lot of tics and a lot of quirks. So, yeah, it do, It seems like of all the actors here that he is doing the most acting. And I, I think that's kind of why he got the nomination.
2: Uh, is there any other surprises here? I think Daniel Kalua is surprising. I mean, he was on a dark horse lists, but it, Get Out is still a horror movie. End of the day. He's still a horror movie uh, protagonist. And it's such strong work in a genre movie, and that often gets so overlooked. So I think he's the nomination I'm happiest to see here, because everyone else I, I look at and go, okay, you're an Academy favorite. People like Gary Oldman, people like Danny Lewis, people like Denzel. Academy likes young newcomers like Timothy Chalamet. Uh, but Dan Kalua, he's the guy who kind of stands out going, oh, that was remarkable work in, the, in a kind of movie that doesn't always get this kind of attention. So that's the one I'm happiest to see.
1: And what, what about the snubs for this category?
2: James Franco, not here for Disaster Artist. He won the Golden Globe. He was one of the frontrunners for a nomination. And I wrote about this in our article on the site. It's not clear if this was the Academy simply not embracing Disaster Artist, only has one other nomination on the whole list, or if this was a case where the allegation of sexual misconduct that came out a few weeks ago after the Golden Globes uh, backfired against him and ruined his campaign. But a lot of the uh, Oscar experts I follow and read said that it was possibly too late for that to derail him so significantly. So, I think this is just a case of the older members of the Academy looking at disaster artists and, and not quite getting it. But I'm curious what everybody else thinks about this.
3: I am. It also kind of baffled me because I did expect him to get a nomination. Um, and yeah, like you said, Jacob, the accusation sort of came out a little bit late in the voting process. Um, I actually really enjoyed James Franco's performance in Disaster Artist, although I did think it was a little. It a little on imitation and impression rather than being something uh, genuinely transcendent, I guess you would say. But it was a good, really, uh, I guess, flashy performance that the Oscars would really gravitate towards. So it did kind of astonish me that he wasn't there. Honestly, I expected him to have the spot that uh, Denzel Washington had. But um, <laughs> <laughs> two surprises.
1: Yeah, I, I think we should move on to Best Actress in a Leading Role. H D give us a nomination.
3: So Best Actress in a Leading Role is Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie in I, Tonya, Saoirse Ronan in Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep in The Post.
2: Now, uh, what is the big surprise here? The big surprise here is actually a snub, and that's Jessica Chastain not here for Molly's Game, which I think a lot of people expected because Jessica Chastain gets nominated for Oscars. That's what she does. Uh, but... <laughs> Well, when I look at this list, it is such a top to bottom strong list. I do not know who you remove to fit Chastain in here. This is one of the least surprising lists in terms of quality actresses giving quality performances. So even though Chastain is the big snub, I'll ask all three of you, who do you remove? I don't know.
3: I couldn't remove anyone, I don't think. Um, In terms of... Meryl mm-hmm. Streep in the in the post that was kind of an expected one, but I feel like she gives so many great performances that she's the one that could possibly be removed. But like you said, Jacob, it's just a stacked category, and there are so many actresses, even outside of Jessica Chastain, like Michelle Williams and All the Money in the World too, could have easily earned a spot and um, been and fit in with the rest of the crowd. But everyone here is just so phenomenal.
1: I feel like, I mean, I like Margot Robbie and Tanya. she does a great uh, performance in that. But I feel like Jessica Chastain. Maybe was a step above that, in my opinion. I I
4: agree there. Um, Margot Robbie's great in *I, Tanya, but if I had to choose between Margot Robbie and Jessica Chastain in uh, *Molly's Game*, I would have personally gone towards Jessica Chastain. But other than that, this is a very solid list, and uh, yeah, I can't think of anyone else I'd take off it. Of.
2: Yeah. Is there another case of? Uh, I think of Sally Hawkins here, who I think she goes through all *Shape of Water* with no dialogue. Uh, has there ever been another oscar nominee who has had zero dialogue before because i'm i'm trying to think and i can't think huh. of anybody i i do not know that is an interesting question
1: um yeah i don't know
3: no i can't think of any
1: um i mean she technically has that
4: sort of song so it's not entirely yeah yeah. but yeah other than other than that yeah i don't know i don't maybe maybe that's it maybe this is other than you know
3: oh you could uh in the artist oh
2: yes 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 yeah
3: although that was Uh, i guess the dog it was all wordless yeah (laughs) (laughs) the dog
1: the dog <laughs> Whatever happened to that dog? That dog was all over the place for like a couple months, and now we don't know what happened to the dog. So He's probably
4: living it up. He probably lives better than all of us right now. <laughs> it's like
1: in a mansion right now, just relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Best Actor in a Supporting Role. H.D., give us the nominations.
3: All right. Best Actor in a Supporting Role is Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson, Free Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards Outside Edmonton, Missouri.
1: Okay, there, there's one name missing off this list that I think <laughs> is probably obvious for all of us. Not just because he has a good performance in one movie, but he has good performance in a couple movies this year.
2: Right? And that is Michael Subar. Yeah, Shub- yeah is he's in The Post, The Shape of Water, uh, and Calling By Your Name. He's not nominated for anything here. And for my money, I love Claude name, but he's my favorite part of that movie. And he's the secret soul of the movie that sneaks up on you and breaks your heart when you least suspect it. And not seeing him here is kind of bumming me out because the rest of the category is strong. But I would have traded Christopher Plummer for Stuhlbarg in a heartbeat. I think that the crimes against Stuhlbarg in years to come will make us all feel bad about ourselves. The crimes so I agree
3: gets- with you, Jacob, about... Michael Stillbar definitely deserving a spot here and Call Me By Your Name, his performance there was the, was the uh, scene that made the movie for me. But I will defend Christopher Plummer and all the money in the world because he is phenomenal in it. And it's something that completely caught me by surprise because I also expected it to be a piece of stunt casting. But he adds this really great layer of gravitas to it that I think elevates the entire movie uh, and the movie itself being simply Okay. For me, I would probably take out one of the three billboards actors, although both of them are very good. I'd probably take out Woody Harrelson and replace him with Philbarg just because I think Woody Harrelson does great work in three billboards, but it's nothing that we haven't seen from him before.
1: Yeah, I, I do love Sam Rockwell in three billboards. I'm glad to see him uh, getting recognition here as well as William Dafoe Defoe. William DeFoe from The Florida Project, um a movie that should have gotten uh more uh acc- acclaim on on the, in these nominations. Uh is there anything else we're missing with the best supporting actor? No, it's yeah. a- oh, really- Army
3: Hammer. He also got oh, yeah. a, a snub. Although I'm not as mad uh, about that Call Me By Your Name snub as I am for Michael Stellberg.
2: Oh, for sure. I feel it's interesting because when Calling by Your Name first premiered, I felt like it was the Army Hammer show. Everybody talked about Army Hammer being the guy to win the Oscar. But in past months, it's been Timothy Chalamet uh, just gaining momentum. And Army Hammer, as good as he is, I think people started not turning on him, but realizing that Timothy Chalamet is the real heart of that movie. So that's why I think Army Hammer didn't get that nod.
1: Okay, let's move on to Best Actress in a Supporting Role H.T.
2: Best actresses in a supporting role
3: is Mary J Blige Mudbound Alison Jenny I, Tanya*; Leslie Manville Phantom Thread Laurie Metcalf Lady Bird and Octavia Spencer The Shape of Water
1: Okay so what what is the big surprise on on this category
3: Leslie <laughs> <laughs> I remember when they announced Leslie Manville's uh name this morning i gave like a tiny yelp because i did not expect anyone in any of the acting performances in phantom thread to get much uh recognition outside of daniel day lewis and she was phenomenal in that film she gave a really uh subdued but very powerful performance and i'm very happy that she got a nod
2: yeah and chris you're a big phantom thread fan uh, how do you feel about this nod
4: yeah i was not expecting it it actually reminds me i want to jump back to best actress i am a little sad that. Uh, well, how do you say her name Vicki creeps did not get nominated because she is great in that movie as well, but uh, Yeah, I was not expecting phantom thread to even get This many nominations. I love phantom thread, but I feel I felt like it was too Out there for the Academy to yeah. like but
1: apparently they took to it more yeah. than I thought they would you know it, it should be noted that you know these nominations are not voted in a vacuum it uh A lot of money goes into these Academy campaigns and, you know, these screenings and, uh, you know, these parties that, you know, that you get to meet the people that made the movie. And um, I'm not saying that the the, the winners don't deserve to win and nominees don't deserve the nominations. But uh, every year you can kind of tell, you know, which campaigns probably did a better job at campaigning. And I'm betting Phantom Thread and uh, Shape of Water um just you know being in LA and seeing uh you know how much work Guillermo has been doing running around to various award shows and dinners and Q&As um you know it, it like it it does show in in the end nominations i think but um so 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 Jacob any other thoughts on best supporting
2: role i'm really happy to see Octavia Spencer here uh she won an oscar a few years ago for the help and she she's not She's not been in the conversation very much for Shape of Water, but I feel like that movie got enough momentum that it picked her up. In fact, um, I feel like this was one of the more surprising categories. I feel like Mary J. Blige, uh, Alison Janney, and Laurie Metcalf were all names we kind of expected. But uh, Lizzie Manville and Octavia Spencer are people who I'm happy to see them there, and I did not expect to see them there at all.
1: I mean, Octavia Spencer did a fine job in Shape of Water, but... I don't know. I don't think it's deserving of a best supporting actress nomination, but I don't I also don't have a uh you know, a suggestion that would be a, a better pick
2: um uh for that. So maybe, I don't know. I i Maybe cur- Holly Hunter for The Big Sick is probably the one people were Actually, yeah. expecting no, to be here.
1: Yes, thank you for that. For pulling that out of the air, uh, that that would have been the better pick. Um, I am glad to see Alison Jenny uh, for I Tonya. I loved her in that, and uh, Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird was fantastic. Um, H T, any thoughts on best supporting actress? Um,
3: I'm also really happy about Mary J. Blige in Mudbound. Mudbound is a film that kind of flew under the radar because Netflix is. Marketing campaigns for its films outside of Bright are basically non existent. And Mudbound should have been more of a contender in the Oscar race, but it kind of disappeared, it's, except for Mary J. Blige and the Best Original Song uh, nominations.
1: And let's jump to Best Director uh, nomination. HD, give us the nominees.
3: The nominees are Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird. Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water, Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, and Jordan Peele, Get Out.
1: Okay, so I mean, this is a solid list
2: of nominees, right? Like, Who who got snubbed? The, the big snub is Martin McDonough for um, Three Billboards. He's been in the conversation in all the various Guild, Guild Awards, all the other award shows. He's been sort of been tied to Three Billboards as his director. And I, it was actually interesting because I read a lot of commentary from people beforehand about how uh, either Greta Gerwig or Jordan Peele gets that last spot, and it turns out that Martin McDonough was sacrificed so they could get in. <laughs> and I, I love Three Billboards, so I can't, like, I'm a little bummed out that he's not nominated. But at the same time, like with the other categories, it's hard to say, who do you remove from this list? And if you want to talk, like, cool milestones. Uh, Greta Gerwig is the fifth woman to be nominated for Best uh, Director. Jordan Peele is the uh, fifth Black man to be nominated for Best Director, so hopefully these these are the start of trends because five of each of those in 90 Oscar ceremonies is very pathetic. But it, it's cool to see that see them here, and hopefully we'll start seeing more like this in the years ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I know I'm the one person on this panel that didn't love Dunkirk. Uh, I I understand why Chris Nolan was nominated for Best Director for that film. Uh, you know, it is a great achievement, but I almost wish he wasn't because. Uh, You know, he's been chasing this gold statue for so long. And Dunkirk, to me, seemed like such a desperate um, attempt to finally get an Oscar. Um, And to me, you know, I love Christopher Nolan. I, I grew up in Boston with the Red Sox never winning. I, I, I almost wish he didn't Do you know I mean like there's more charm in the fact of the guy that like keeps on trying his best and just He's gonna play... hear this and be so sad. I know <laughs> I know. He's,
3: like, he's gonna be like, I bet Peter watched Dunkirk on an iPad <laughs> <laughs> and not in an intended format.
1: I know. It, that is such a poor like I don't know. I'm listening I'm listening to me what I'm saying, and it's such a a a, a poor argument, but somehow inside my brain it makes sense. <laughs> uh I,
4: I do have one snub I wanna add. Um
1: I am not that he needs
4: it, but I am I'm a little disappointed that Steven Spielberg did not get nominated for the post. I know a lot of people have said they feel like The Post is Spielberg on autopilot. Uh, I disagree with that violently. I don't think it's true. I think The Post is one of his breeziest movies. That movie is just constantly moving, and there are so many setup shots in that film that literally no one else can do as well as Spielberg. Um, A lot of Spielberg's talent is creating difficult shots that don't look difficult like they look like they're just easy as hell and that's what that film is filled with so I'm very surprised he didn't get a nom for that but uh as we said earlier I can't think of anyone who I'd want to take off this list either so yeah I was
1: gonna say who could you knock off this list to replace with Spielberg and I feel like if you were gonna take anybody off this list it would probably end up being Greta Gerwig and I'm so glad that she's on this list because she deserves to be there And I'll I'll take Gerwig over Spielberg uh, this year for sure.
3: Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't be happier with this list. Honestly, I expected. I went this morning fully expecting to be disappointed by the directors category, but this is probably my favorite selection we could have of all the categories. Although my dark, dark horse would have been Sean Baker for The Florida Project. I do want to give a shout out too, to um, Dee Reese for Mudbound, even though she hasn't really been in conversations. But I think I would not change anyone on this list. I'm especially happy um, with Greta Garrig and Jordan Peele, who I did not expect to get nominations at all, but they did such great work in their directorial debuts. Well, Greta Gerwig for her sort of directorial debut, her solo one.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm happy that Guillermo del Toro is getting the love here. Um, you know, before we we get into our, our, the, the overall snubs and surprises, let, let's talk about the writing categories. Um, let's talk about uh, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay.
3: The nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay is Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound.
1: Guys, a comic book movie has been adapted for best adapted screenplay. That that makes me so happy that Logan is getting some love this year at the Oscars. Um, not that it has won, but it but it is nominated. Uh, and I I, and I'm, I might be wrong, and I'm sure someone can correct me, but I feel
4: like this is the first non technical comic book nomination since. I guess Heath Ledger for the Dark Knight. I feel like every comic book Oscar nomination since Dark Knight
1: has been technical. So I think this is the first one that isn't, you know, like special effects or makeup. You might be right on that that case. Um, Is there any other surprises, uh, snubs
2: here? No, I mean, this is this about is what people expected. It's really solid. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think Logan is the big surprise, but, you know, Aaron Sorkin writes the screenplay, gets nominated, that's how that works. <laughs> I do think we're going to see a uh, Collin By Your Name win because... Uh, the screenwriter whose name is escaping me, please help me, uh, is 90 years old. And I think that would be and he, the academy really, really likes those kinds uh, of stories. James Ivory. Thank you very much, HD. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's talk about the other writing category, which is Best Original Screenplay. HD, what are the nominations?
3: The nominees are The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady bird The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri.
1: So glad to see Big Sick get a nomination here as well as Get Out and Lady Bird. Actually, this whole category is great. So what is missing? Is there anything missing?
4: I mean, I I would have loved the Florida Project to get in here personally.
3: I think it's it's incredibly (laughs) difficult to write uh, naturalistic dialogue and storytelling like the Florida Project. So it's... An achievement in and of itself that it flows so well, and that would have been a really great nod
1: I think that but. film's like so subtle and so slice of life though that like you know the academy is awarding more you know uh more investment in like a narrative. I don't know, I just feel like that is uh, very indie in its in its um in its uh formatting, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a subtle movie, and yeah. the Academy does not like subtle stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's basically what I was saying. Uh, it, anything? Any of you guys want to say about the best original screenplay nominations?
2: It's a stacked category. I, I would love to see Big Sick win this, but I think it's, I think whatever I think that whatever movie wins Best Picture is going to take this category as well. I think it's got to be Shape of Water or Three Billboards. But I'm um, seeing Big Sick here. I think that romantic comedies are so hard to pull off and do well. And it's been a long time since we've seen one as good as this. And I would, I think it's my favorite screenplay of the bunch here. But I can not see it winning. But it makes me happy to see it here.
1: Okay, let's get more generalized into the other categories and, and stuff. Uh, w- what are some of your big surprises and uh, snubs of this year? Let's start uh, with UHD.
3: So Wonder Woman got shut out of all the technical categories, which is insane to me because it is such a well-made film, um, by Patty Jenkins and it was so commercially beloved and critically beloved as well. So the fact that it got no technical awards at all was very strange. And, um, I think the biggest snub for me that really hurt.
1: Yeah. Although I understand why I didn't get nominated for best visual effects, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I that much. uh Chris, what are your biggest, uh, biggest snub
4: Ah, uh, the biggest one for me is one we already talked about, and that's Michael Stuhlbarg, who I I am literally shocked he did not get nominated. I mean, that uh, that speech in Call Me by Your Name at the end. I I had already heard about that speech, you know, before I saw the movie, but even then, it still blew me away, and just the way he delivers it is just phenomenal. And for them to just not give him that nomination, it's it offends me as as a movie lover like what the hell are you yeah. doing Oscars like everything else this year I'm pretty okay with it it's, it's it's a good lineup but that one really bugs me it's just very strange that they would not give him that nominee it's like they have something against him what's your deal
1: Academy <laughs> right right <laughs> to me do you I, not
3: I, love empathy and compassion <laughs>
1: <laughs> they obviously do not um, I'm pretty okay with most of the categories I, I wish um, war for the planet apes got more love this year Um We should probably talk about the animated category because WTF is going on there. (laughs) Um, uh, Jacob, you wrote about this on on the site. What is going on with the
2: animated nominations? uh, HT wrote a big arc about this a few weeks ago for Slash Film about how 2017's animated offerings just weren't up to par, at least in the mainstream uh, uh, arena. And so pretty much the joke is which movies fill out the list before Coco wins. So if you look at the <laughs> nominees, it's a. Uh, will go from uh, order of quality to least quality. Um, Coco, the breadwinner, Loving Vincent, Ferdinand and the Boss Baby, the Boss Baby, now an Oscar nominee. And this is just a case well, of how is Lego Batman not on this list? Here's my pet theory. The same reason why the Lego movie was not nominated for Best Animated uh, Film back in 2014 was that I think that the Academy, which is, even despite recent attempts to make it younger and hipper, is still an older, uh, more conservative group of people. And they see a Lego movie and they see a toy commercial. So I don't think they see the subversive, charming, witty qualities that make these movies appealing to people beyond children. So I think that a large portion of the voting body probably didn't even see like a movie probably just wrote it off instantly
1: uh, jacob we, we didn't get to you and your your uh, biggest snub or surprise um what would that be for this year's
2: this is uh, less of a surprise that it was nominated and more of a surprise uh that of the landmark it represents which is uh rachel morrison for mudbound the cinematographer nominated it's a beautiful film, and I think if anybody looks at the cinematography, they say, oh, of course that was nominated. It's one of the best-looking movies uh, that was released last year. But the reason it's surprising is because uh, Rachel Morrison is the first woman to ever be nominated in this category. She's the first f- female director of photography to ever receive an Oscar nomination, and that is unreal to me. And uh, she's shooting Black Panther next, and I'm hoping that this is, becomes not a conversation of, oh, what can we have Rachel Morrison shoot next, and more of, oh, we'll just firing the next Rachel Morrison
1: for sure okay i think we have gone long so i think we're going to end the episode here hd where can we find more of your work online
3: you can find me at slash film.com and i'm on twitter at htranbui.
1: chris where can people find you on twitter uh at c evangelista 413 jacob where can people find you on twitter uh at jacob s hall And you can find me at SlashFilm. You can find all the articles uh, we mentioned today, which is two articles on the Academy Award nominations on SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, all the popular podcast apps. Uh, Please go rate and review us on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell your friends. And we'll see you tomorrow.